Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is Monday, May 21st. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is... Roto experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed Spin Statistician. As always, we got the King, Scott Angle with us. Hey, King, how was your your weekend? We were talking off air. We had a little bit of fun, a little bit of relaxation as we slide on in towards the end of May. Uh, How you doing? How was your weekend? It was relaxing. You caught up on, I think, uh, the last Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Uh, that I didn't see, that I was kind of against seeing uh, because I feel like no Spider-Man is really should be anybody but Tobey Maguire. But mm. uh, I saw a Spider-Man homecoming. It was okay. But wait a second. Let me ask you this, Scott, because, you know, I understand what you're saying, right? How, like, you, you, you see Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. But what about, like, James Bond? Has been like multiple different actors have played James Bond, you know, to to different levels of effectiveness and notoriety and success. But you feel like it needs to be just one. Per- like, is Adam West your only Batman, or do you believe in Michael Keaton as well? See, it's different. You know, if you want to feel that way, it's fine. I'm not saying that various actors can't play the role. I just don't think anybody's going to match for me the way that Tobey Maguire did it. And I wasn't a fan of like, okay, after you remade it. Uh, mm-hmm. After it was made once, you know, why go over and do it again with different actors? You know, I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that, but I, I can understand that. But you know, there's there's other roles that like nobody else can play. Like nobody can be Rocky except for Sylvester Stallone. You know that. I hear that's you. it. Yes. Yeah, I hear you on that. And listen, we can get into this because on on some other like popular TV shows, like The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, they just changed the mother. During from season to season, I think in Roseanne they just changed one of the sisters at one one season to another. But I digress. We can get into that. We got a whole summer to talk about uh, different roles. But let me tell you something. Yeah, I got Scott. some strong feelings musically on some of that with like some rock. Oh, bands. really? Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Well, we should maybe get into that. But let me tell you, yeah. when you talk about ro- clarification of roles, someone I wanted to ask about. Scott, is Sergio Romo? I mean, is Sergio Romo a, uh, an eighth inning guy? Is he a starter? Is he a closer? Tampa Bay kind of getting into the lab. They're becoming mad scientists with their pitching rotation. I don't know if people saw this, but starting Saturday's game for the Rays was Sergio Romo. He goes an inning. Then starting yesterday's game for the Rays was 
Sergio Romo. He goes an inning and a third. I heard, Scott, that the Rays were going to try this out um, at the beginning of the season, going with like a four-day rotation and in essence using a bullpen day as the fifth. And then I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but then towards the end of spring training, I think Nathan Eovaldi went down and he was going to be one of their pitchers as well. And now they're, they're kind of trying this out. I got to tell you, Scott, I really think this is interesting, not only from a rebuilding perspective, but from a fiscal perspective as well. If you're the Tampa Bay Rays, why spend for your fourth starter or some guy that's going to still be making $8 million a year when you know you're not contending and you want to kind of give everybody a shot on the hill. What do you think about this, Scott? It's very interesting because if you think fantasy eligibility, there's nothing against him becoming like a starting pitcher fantasy-wise now. I think with ESPN, he needs one more start to officially qualify as a starting pitcher. You know, if you're going to do a custom format by default, uh, it's pitcher only. But I don't think anybody's going to you know, use him necessarily as a starter. But uh, it'd be interesting in a few leagues where maybe like in the final week of the season, you want to slip a, a starter in there to keep your ratio down. Maybe you might be able to do something unique with Sergio Romo. From a pure baseball perspective, yeah. it's very unique, and it totally throws the opponent off their game. You know, it gives a, it gives a young right. starter the ability to not face – uh, Trout one up time Simmons, Simmons well, right yeah. out of the lineup and mm-hmm. also throws the other team off kilter because they spend so much time ready for one starting when they're doing their yeah. video work. And, you know, Zach Cozart was kind of ticked off telling reporters, like, I don't like this. this is not good for the game. It's like playing in spring training baseball. Yeah, well, you know, and hitters don't like the dramatic shifts either. Why? Because it works. You know what yes. I mean? So that, that's where it comes down. But, but also – Scott, I don't know. Do you think anything about my point? I think this is also smart from a fiscal team management side. If they know they're going to do this, why not cobble it together? And when you're still at the kind of rebuilding part of your cycle, there's no reason to be saddled with a contract of a kind of mid-level guy who's not really going to be moving the needle for your franchise anyway and instead piece it together with the kids and the bullpen arms. What do you think about this from a fiscal standpoint from a team, you know, from team budgets and their salaries? Uh, I don't know if I'm getting that deep into it. What it does right now, though, it's kind of like the, it flips what you used to do with Andrew Miller. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, the Tampa Bay Rays only have three surefire starters listed, and right. you know, the other two are bullpen days right now. Yeah. Uh, they was they were supposed to start band over the weekend. They didn't. I don't know if there's going to lead to any wholesale changes that are going to affect the front office. I think we're getting too far out in front of ourselves by by doing that kind of analysis. All right, all right. Well, just remember, it's just, speed it's is just out two, in front. It's just two days of you know some one team doing something very unique. This is true, Scott. But they did say, like even going into the season that they wanted to try this with one bullpen day. It's gotten to a little bit of an extreme, yeah. <clears throat> like you said. At this point, you know, it's really only Archer. Barrier and Snell <laughs> that are actual technical starters for this squad, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. The Rays in the lab testing things down there in Tampa Bay. Hey Scott, we had a little bit of a brouhaha as well between NL Central rivals over the weekend. I mean Javier Baez, um, you know, 
kind of goes yard, I believe, on Friday, and then Amir Garrett, you know, strikes him out and starts jawing at him on on Saturday. The bench is clear. Here's what I want to ask you, and then, you know, Baez is part of back-to-back home runs on Sunday, um, you know, maybe potentially getting the last laugh, but here's what I want to ask you, you know, because it's the always the thing, you know, the bench is clear, everyone talks, people get held back, all that good stuff, but... We talk a lot about um, hitters with the bat flip. You know, they hit a they hit a shot, and then there's the bat flip. What if anything is the pitcher analog? Like pitchers should be allowed to get hyped up and excited as well. Um, do they have kind of a safe uh, analog? Are they able to fist pump? Are they able to scream? Like hitters are able to flip their bats to kingdom come. What can pitchers do in response? I think I think it really. You talk about the unwritten rules of baseball here. You right. know, I've seen. Pitchers, you know, get very, very excited. You watch film of like old Tug McGraw films, like after every save that he got, you know, he came off, you know, exalting and everything like that. But depending on the player, the player might take exception. But I think there's a history there that you have to look at. You know, the last time that Javier Baez faced Amir Garrett, he hit a grand slam off of him. And, Mm. you know, I think Amir Garrett saw that as a big out for himself. And it ticked Javier Baez out and offened. You know, I guess it's a big deal, but but Javier Baez was like, ah, go away. You know, like look at my championship ring. You know, your right. body. You know that 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 kind of thing. It never it never got that. It, no punches were thrown. You know that sometimes it happens in a baseball fight, but right. I think it really depends on the individuals. And you're talking about two young guys there, so that kind of thing could easily happen. But you know, sometimes when one guy can't get another out, you know that could lead to anything. The whole reason why the whole Roger Clemens Piazza thing came about mm-hmm. was because Clemens was ticked off because Piazza absolutely owned him. owned him. He owned him every time he would come up him. It seemed like he would he would uh he would hit a home run off of him. And the the time before he hit him in the head, he hit a grand slam off of him. So I think P, I think he was just ticked, and then it came back full circle because eventually when he, Clemens finally pitched at Chase Stadium. You know, after the whole, the first right. time you faced Piazza since the bat throwing in, incident, what happened? Piazza homed off of him again. So sometimes pitchers get frustrated that they just can't get a guy out. Yeah. All right. So, you know, like sometimes that batter versus pitcher data, if you really feel like someone is owning you, maybe, you know, maybe there's an easier way around it. Right. And so that can be some of the either the hit by pitch or that's where some of the animosity comes that can lead to some of these dust ups. Hey, Scott, I want to talk to you. Don't look now. But the Los Angeles Dodgers sweep the series in our nation's capital against the Nationals. They are maybe starting to round into form as the weather warms up. I mentioned that Justin Turner came back um, last week as well. I mean, he goes 0 for 5 yesterday, but the Dodgers are starting to get hot offensively. Matt Kemp with two hits yesterday. He's hitting 321. Um, Do you think... Two-part question. One is, are the Dodgers, you know, kind of on the precipice of getting right? And two, like, is it any coincidence that it's starting to happen when Justin Turner comes back in the lineup? I think it certainly helps, and they might get Clayton Kershaw back next weekend too. So, mm-hmm. And Russ Stripling is pitching well. He was a very uh, popular fantasy pickup, uh, very popular fantasy pickup over the weekend. I got him in two leagues. Uh, last night I got him in the Greenwich Street Tavern League 
for $44. So uh, things are kind of rounded into form. Walker Bueller starts again today. Mm -hmm. Uh, They need to get some length out of him. Yasiel Puig in the last seven days has homered three times, so that certainly helps. Matt Kemp is having having a good season. Uh, Yasmani Grandal has eight home runs. Kiki Hernandez with a clutch home run and a beautiful play in the field that last week. So it's for fantasy players. More importantly, you know, this is for our purposes. I think some of these guys are starting to round in for form. And if you drafted Turner, you'll wait patiently for him to come back and. Uh, if you're in the mix right now, the, the five RBI game uh, over the weekend uh, or recently was a sign, you know, that he was ready to come back. Inside injuries was kind of worried about his production, but uh, I think Turner's going to be just fine. Yeah, so maybe maybe the Dodgers, you know, like you mentioned, there's a couple of guys there rounding into form. Justin Turner right there in the three-hole, certainly helping out the Dodgers. Hey, one other thing, Scott, a couple more headlines I want to talk to you about over the weekend. One thing I noticed, because, you know, Scott, one of the things we do here on Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, is we try to keep our finger on the pulse of closer situations around the league. You know, I mean, Kurtz puts out the great article on the closers every Tuesday, I believe, on Roto Experts in the Morning. We break it down on Wednesdays. But I saw some, I saw some interesting patterns developing in Chicago over the weekend. And, you know, I have my eye on Nate Jones because I personally have him. I have some shares of him as well. And I saw that he has saved, you know, he got the last two saves for the White Sox, I believe one on Wednesday or Thursday of the week, then again over the weekend. Soria, nowhere to be found. And then this kid, Jace Fry, comes in and gets the save on Sunday. So, Scott, I know um, I know Kurtz is going to kind of profile the White Sox position as, as well as others later on this week. But what do you think? Uh, how do you think this story ends down there in Chicago? I know the White Sox don't win a ton of games, so maybe there's fewer save opportunities. But, uh could this be Nate Jones' job moving forward? Yeah, I think it is Nate Jones' job. He's got saves on back-to-back days, mm-hmm. and I think that's the only reason they didn't use him yesterday because he came in back-to-back. Fry is a lefty, and they want him more for situational. Very rarely do you see lefty closers. Uh, I think I think Nate, Nate – I'm not saying it's impossible. You know, We have a few around the league, but uh, I think it's Nate Jones' job right now. I think, I think Fry was a situational kind of thing. I think once in a while Renteria might play a matchup, but I think Nate Jones is the main guy right now. So you're telling me that in my kind of rotisserie leagues, even though I'm in the bottom of saves, the fact that I have Corey Knable coming back, the fact that I have Nate Jones, and the fact that I have Zach Britton on my DL, who we expect back fairly soon, is positive things. Maybe I can uh, jump up over the summertime, you think, in saves? Yeah, Britton, you know, he's a, he's a trade candidate. I think you got to worry with Knievel, though. It's, uh, you know, Hader's been so lights out. But don't they like only, him for only... multiple innings? They do, but, you know, they'll pitch him for, for two innings at the back end there and just let him get the save because Hater's, Hater's number, numbers are just so ridiculously dominant. Yeah. There's no reason to use anybody else. I'm actually a little concerned if I have Knable because, you hmm. know, they don't have to put him into high leverage situations right now. I'm speculating here Knable was the guy and did a great job before he was hurt, sure. but I don't think there's anybody in the league right now that's as dominant as Hayter coming out of the bullpen. And he, he can do it for two innings. He can strike out right. six guys in the eighth and the ninth and save your entire bullpen. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been absolutely ridiculous. So keep an eye out on uh, those closer situations. At least I'm happy about Nate Jones in uh, Chicago. Last thing I want to touch on real quick, Scott, and I think it develops into a poll question that I want to have our guy, the Manimal, put up down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Listen, Austin Meadows goes two for four in his debut on Friday. He goes three for four yesterday. He looks to be hitting very well. They bring up the kid Juan Soto for the Nationals. He's only 19 years old. Scott, it seems like, I mean, last week at this time, we were talking about a dominant outing out of uh, Freddie Peralta. We've talked about other rookies. Uh, You know... Who is the most impressive rookie you have seen so far this season? I think we could put a poll question up, Scott. My options would be, even though Austin Meadows looks great this weekend, my options would have to be our boy Okunya, what we're seeing in New York out of Glaber Torres, and then, of course, what we're seeing out west out of Shoni Otani, who has another good outing, continues to now in the two-hole. Who's the most impressive rookie to you? Uh, Scott, I mean, Austin Meadows, I don't think makes the cut because of all the great, uh, outings we're seeing from rookies this year. I don't know if I call Otani a rookie cause he's mm. got professional experience. Mm. So to me, it's easily Acuna. Uh, you know, it's- Meadows, Meadows is a guy with occasional pop. You know, you take it when you get it, you want him there for his speed. Uh, Soto struck out in his first at bat yesterday, went for over 400 in Tout Wars and the GST mm-hmm. league yesterday. Uh, and, what about Torres? What know, about just 19, 19 years old. Torres has been very, very impressive, but I just think Acuna has just been like – he's been clearly the best guy. Torres is probably probably second for me, I would and say. And you just don't also, consider Otani a rookie? I just don't. You know, the guy's age, you know, he's really not a rookie. He has – Professional enough, experience. I mean, Hideki Matsui won the AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I, 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 I was. I wasn't a fan of that either. And then you also, you know, you talk about uh, the Astros also called, called up JD Davis yesterday, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Tyler Tyler O'Neill homered yesterday. He's a guy to keep an eye on too. And uh, there's also a guy who mends the hot corner in the Blue Jays farm system who should have you should have your eyes on as well. Somebody by the name of Vladimir Guerrero. Jr. Don't forget Bo Bichette either. Ooh, absolutely. When we come back, we're going to keep it rocking all the headlines and some of the scores and the DFS for today. It is Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott are off and running. Hey, Bavona, we got to make a poll so everybody can join the show. We'll do that when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, yo, over here. You want to win a DFS? And you want it for just $1? I got Daily Roto here. Now, why do you want it? Two of the guys behind it have won a million dollars. It's not just about the writers. Not one, not two, but three subscribers have won a million dollars, too. That's five millionaires. Five, count them. And it's not counting the $100,000 winners, too. They talk about it in the Slack channel. But why is it a dollar right now? Special price for the month of May. Yeah, if you don't like it, then walk away. If you love it and you're winning, keep going. Do I use it? How do you think I afford my massive tracksuit collection? Come on, look at the glitter on this. It's beautiful. You can sort your stats, add your own weights, read articles, distinguish between slates on FanDuel and DraftKings. You got to go to DailyRoto.com and enter code $1. I may just be a creepy guy in a random alley inside your head, but I know what I'm talking about. That's DailyRoto.com, code $1. That's it, one. One dollar, one month, and start winning. 
Welcome back. It is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane and Scott will be joined by our guy, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley, in the 8 o'clock hour. If you want to join the show, there are a lot of different ways you can do so, okay? First of all, you could always hit us up. You could always hit us up at 844-843-6879 if you want to join the show. You can hit us up a little bit later on if you want to join our Roto Clio game. Our big shout out to our guy J-Rod who had a great Friday, Scott. He nailed the Freeland quality start and a homer from Mookie Betts. He had a great week. However, he fell just short of beating all three of us to earn his... uh, to earn his prize of the Roto Experts exclusive edge package. Our guy Jake Seeley held us down, uh, kind of beating J-Rod, or else we would have had to give it on up. But, Scott, you are okay giving the free Roto uh, exclusive edge package to anybody who beats all three of us throughout the week for Roto Clear, yeah, correct? Yeah, the, the package for the upcoming football season, which will launch in mid-June, yes. Absolutely. So uh, J-Rod was close last week. If you want to join the show, you absolutely can. And then our guy, Chris Bavona, down there in the fantasy pit of misery in the fourth floor, dilly-dilly to Chris Bavona and everybody else who's down there on a Monday morning. Uh, we're going to get a poll question up right now and find out who do you think is the face Oh, excuse me, the most impressive rookie so far. Is it Acuna in Atlanta? Is it Gliber Torres for the Yanks? Is it Shoney Otani for the Angels? Scott doesn't think Otani should qualify. That's another question altogether. Uh, Scott, they were having a similar question in the NBA this year uh, as it related to is Ben, Ben Simmons technically a rookie, you know, as well. I hear what you're saying. So that is an interesting conversation. Hey, Scott, real quick. Um, going into the weekend, I was asking you about Paul Goldschmidt. I was asking you about, um, kind of if the humidor had any effect. Um, I was asking you kind of like, you know, is this, uh, is this a problem with Goldie? And I mean, he continues to struggle. He really does. I mean, he had the golden sombrero on Friday. He uh, is two for his last 16. Goldschmidt's now down to hitting 204. Scott, I know you had a chance to uh, catch up with Paul Goldschmidt a little bit this weekend. Um, what? Can you tell me a little bit about, like, what's his mind state like, thinking about the humidor, thinking about his early struggles? Uh, what were you able to talk to Paul Goldschmidt about? Well, and you'll hear it in this interview right here. I think Gold, Goldschmidt is, uh, you know, right now his mindset is just like, look, I'm not, I'm not doing anything different here at all. Uh, you know, just like things aren't falling for me, and he really hasn't adjusted his approach at all. It's, uh, it's just a cold streak right now for him, and I don't think he can figure it out. And uh, you know, the the Mets reporters were talking to Dave Magadan, the hitting coach for the Diamondbacks, over the weekend, and. Magadan was saying, look, you know, this is the longest streak uh, that cold streak I can remember that, that Paul has had, uh, you know, since I've been observing him. And, but, you know, he's not changing anything in his preparation. He's meticulous in his preparation. It's just it's a thing of where majors leaguers talk about where you just go through a spell where just like nothing's going right for you. And then you come to the park one day and. All of a sudden, you know, you found that and go, oh, hey, where has that been for the last three weeks? Like <laughs> some former uh, baseball players will tend to say, you know, I've heard Keith Hernandez say stuff like that. You know, you're talking about his own career, about, you know, he'd be slumping for three weeks and all of a sudden you go, oh, but now I'm hitting the ball on the screws. Uh, you know, where was that for the last three weeks? So I think that's Goldschmidt's mentality. 
All right, and so like we said, the king, Scott Angle, was able to catch up with Paul Goldschmidt for a little while over the weekend here at the Diamondbacks are in town. Um, hey, Chris, let's play some of that now. This is the king, Scott Angle, with Goldie. First-round fantasy pick, Paul Goldschmidt of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Scott Engel with Paul Goldschmidt. Paul, uh, maybe the, your personal numbers aren't like what you want them to be at this point in the season, but really how much does that matter when the team is in first place? Yeah, I mean, that's why we play. You want to go out there and find a way to get in the playoffs and win the World Series and help your team do that. And, you know, just try to go out there and play and perform and um, help the team win. So, um, I mean, that's obviously you want the team to, to do number one, and, and that's where we're at. We'll just try to keep going. It's a long season. We've had a good start, but you know, there's a long way to go. With your personal play, is it just a matter of maybe just being in early in the season and, you know, just one of those cold streaks you go through during a long year? Yeah, you know, I just haven't really played uh, as good as I need to and you know has it been uh, for any one reason just try to go out there and prepare and play hard every day and, and try to help us win and you know hopefully uh, it'll be better and also you know do you look at the analytics like some of the players get into it but you know looking at the analytics doesn't seem like you're doing anything different than you usually do I guess that's good news now I'm not a guy who looks at stats and yeah, I just try to go out there and have a good bat, have a good at bat, prepare, and um, try to go out there and help us win. I think if I do that, you know, over the course of the season, everything will will even out. But um, you know, sometimes I've done that this year, and other times I haven't. And so just try to show up and, uh, like I said, have good at bats, hit the ball hard, and you know, hopefully they don't catch it. What was your initial reaction to the humidor? And you know, is that something like a guy like you even thinks of? thinks about I you know I'd say to the listeners like you know Paul's been doing this like mm-hmm. forever probably not something he thinks about at his level but what was your initial reaction and how much do you really think about something like that when you make that change oh, we're not thinking about it at all I mean that's out of your control you're just trying to hit the ball hard um, you know what the ball does after it leaves your bat it's out of your control so um, like I said just have good at bats hit the ball hard and, and hopefully they don't catch it and you know, as far as the humidor whatever effect it is having or is going to have you know it's on both teams and so um, it's not like it's adding an advantage to one team or another. If it's a little different, then, you know, that's fine with us. How much does it help the offense now? You Like you recently got Steven Sousa back and you're getting Jake Lamb back. He was just activated. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a team effort for us to go out there and play well. And, you know, getting Sousa back and Lamb that have pretty much both went out the whole year. Um, you know, we lose A.J. last week, but that's part of it. Every team is dealing with injuries. So I think whatever guys are in the lineup will go out there and give their best effort and, you know, try to help us win. Every year you're a first-round pick in fantasy baseball. Not that you play and know how it works, but I've seen a smile on your face already. Uh, you must take that as a compliment. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you want to go out there and uh, perform for the guys that draft you. You know, uh, the fantasy uh, fans are, are you know a big part of our game, and we want to bring as many fans as, uh, as we can. So we're glad that people enjoy playing. And, um, you know, you're not thinking about your fantasy numbers, but you, know, you try to help your team win. And if, if you play well, if it ends up benefiting, you know, fantasy uh, owners, then that's a good thing too. I got. I got to tell you though, right off the bat, Dane, I love his yeah. art, his answer about fantasy. Like, right. it's not the first thing he's focused on, but he recognizes that you want to play well for the people that drafted you. You know, I, I absolutely love the answer. But some other quick thoughts about what he says. Look, sure. he, he spouts out the usual ball player cliches that you hear. I want to help the team win, etc. But you know, if you read between the lines and you listen to it, it's like I said. It's, you know, he says that hopefully everything will even out in the end. I don't think he has an answer for what's going on right now. And, you know, I talked to him about the analytics. A lot of players don't get into them. And I was, you know, 
going through all the fan graph stuff, and he's not doing anything different. His line drive rate is actually a little bit up. Uh, the hard hit percentage is not down in a major way. The swing percentages or the pull percentages, uh, you know, they're not veering in any unique sort of direction. The BABIP is kind of low, but, you know, nothing went to where he, he's hitting so, like where he should be hitting like this. It's It's really confounding everyone, and, of course, uh, you know, I did speak to him about the humidor as he wanted me to. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I agree with you because I'm I'm looking at his, I'm looking at his uh, some of his advanced numbers now. And you know what does surprise me, Scott? I got to tell you something. You told me his BABIP, right? His BABIP is at 290. And that's like, okay, you know, I always think about the league average being like right around 300. But then I look at his other seasons, Scott. He's had an exceptionally high BABIP the last, like, four or five years. 343, 358, 382, 368, 343, 340. Those are, um, those are relatively high BABIPs. We're not talking about a guy who's a speedster, per se. I know he swipes bags for a power-hitting corner infield, but... He enjoyed a stretch of very high BABIP for like five years, and now he's just doing, you know, 290. That could be the difference of a good 40, 45 points in a batting average, Scott. The difference between but, but, 290 but the and like, really 358, 382 BABIPs? Yeah, but you're talking about a 90-point drop. You know, that's precipitous. You're talking – and this is a yeah. guy where his BABIP is so high because, you know, he's – one of the best pure hitters in baseball. It's yes, still, sir. still a little regression, but uh, when you talk about, it, he's got a three thirty three. It's just to hit two oh five, even with bad luck. Then you're not even really getting the power. He's only got five home runs. Yeah, it's 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 something more than that. I can see where you're pointing to that, but I think it's something more than that. But it's still, I think it's a good time to buy Golo and Goldschmidt though, mm-hmm. because when I was watching yesterday's game. He had a rope at the center field off of Syndergaard, like his next to last at bat. And then his final, it was caught in the gap by Michael Conforto. Right. And then his final at bat, he singled really hard up the middle. So this might be a good day to buy low on Paul Goldschmidt. Maybe you want to buy low on Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, the back of his baseball card means that he's going to break out of this at some point. The only other, other thing, you know, as I do a little bit of investigative journalism here, Scott, I mean, his K rate. You know, over the last couple of years, 21%, 21%, 22% this year. Okay, I know it's only, you know, less games, but his strikeout rate's got 31.3%. That's a huge jump. A 10 percentage point drop in his strikeout rate. Maybe he needs to get that part under control as well, huh, Scott? That's just part of the struggles right now. He's just, he's not seeing the ball well. It's... There's, I don't think anybody has an answer for it. You know, there was some article online that I haven't speculated. They were speculating that, you know, pitchers are throwing more fastballs than ever. You mm-hmm. know, baseball's a constant game of adjustments. Right. And you know, hitters are always adjusting, especially guys like Goldsmith. It's just, you know, this is a funk like we <laughs> saw with Andrew McCutcheon right. a few years ago where he just had an awful first half and then he, he rounded back into form in the second half. Uh, I think ultimately Goldie's going to come out of it, but you know we, should, we later this week we're going to have his former teammate Rusty Ryle on, uh, Ooh, yeah. and we should definitely ask Rusty about Goldschmidt. We absolutely will, and as you said, Scott, we will have Rusty Ryle on air on our Thursday edition of Roto Experts in the Morning. We'll have plenty of guests lined up for you this week. Hey, Scott, someone on the Diamondbacks, though, who has been 
killing it as of late, though, is Patrick Corbin. I mean, Patrick Corbin has 81 strikeouts in just over 62 innings pitched. He's having a great, a great year, one of the top pitchers in fantasy, pitching to a whip of 0.9. Already has five quality starts on the year. Maybe I need to pick him, his next start in Roto Clio. You also had a chance to catch up with him for a couple of minutes, huh, Scott? Yeah, and uh, I talk to Patrick Corbin pretty much every year he comes into town. And like you said, he's uh, he's off to the best start of his career. There are some recent velocity concerns, uh, but it uh, doesn't seem to be anything major, at least to him. All right, let's hear, uh, let's hear a little bit straight from the horse's mouth. The King, Scott Angle, chatting it up with uh, Patrick Corbin. Scott Engel here with Patrick Corbin. Patrick, uh, looks like your strikeouts are up even more this year, career high K per nine. Do you feel that's because people are chasing outside the zone more? Um, Yeah, I mean, it helps getting ahead of guys when you you get in pitcher counts. um, They start swinging more, and um, slider's always been there. Just uh, I think I'm doing a better job getting ahead of guys and uh, being able to throw that pitch where I want to. You feel like uh, since last year, like you've thrown it even more since starting last year, like you have the ideal of command of it now? Um, that's always been a pitch I've had good command in. Um, we've added the slower one um, in there, so and then just being able to locate fastball inside and out, so just kind of having a good mix there with all those pitches and um, throwing the change up occasionally. What about uh, you know throwing your sinker more than your four seamer over the last two years? You felt feel that's uh, been part of the reason for your success, especially early this year. Um, I think it helps. I just I think I'm locating better. Just repeat my delivery. Um, just kind of keeping hitters off balance, getting in pitcher counts, and um, getting ahead of guys. And uh, after your last start against the Dodgers, you know your fastball was uh, hitting about 92 miles an hour. How are you feeling about your velocity right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, f- I feel fine. Um, I mean, there's times during the year where you don't have your best fastball and you and you got to pitch with it, and um, location is huge. And just um, some days you'll have a plus fastball, some days you won't. Um, but you uh, sometimes those games you end up having better numbers. So it's uh, it's funny how it works, but you just still go out there try to compete um, and do the best you can. And uh, last one for you: every time you go out on the mound for the Diamondbacks, you feel like all of upstate New York is pulling for you. Yeah, of course. Um, my, I mean, a lot of my friends, family, they um, st- like to stay locked in and um, pay attention to us really well. And um, it's a fun team to watch, so um, they're always rooting for me. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Yeah, thank you. So they're having a little Patrick Corbin right there, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hey, Scott, I tell you, he uh, – he, uh, he reps upstate New York. You know your boy Dane Martinez, he's a spitting statistician. Like Nando is a good old orangeman out there. You know, I had a little time yeah. up in Cuse myself. Um, but he's not concerned about yeah, the philosophy, he's from, huh? Yeah, he's from Clay, New York, which is the gotcha. biggest suburb of, uh, outside, yep. of, outside of Syracuse. But his, his old swing rate is up to 34.7%. He's throwing the slider and the sinker more over the last two years. So that's certainly staying uh, – that is certainly helping him. Todd Hollinsworth once said early in his career, like around uh, when Hollinsworth was still in the league, that Corbin's got the best slider that he's ever seen. There were concerns about the fastball velocity uh, that people concerned about his last two previous starts. But, it, you know, sitting at 92 right now, it doesn't seem like he's overly worried about it. But I think he's aware of it. And, uh, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. But... 
you know, Corbin, when he's healthy, you know, can be really pitch well for extended stretches. You know, that ballpark now with the humidor, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, Arizona as a staff is just, you know, they, they've been pitching really well. They just haven't been getting the hitting enough. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that pitching staff with Grinky and Corbin and the returning Robbie Ray will be able to get the Diamondbacks far in the National League. Hey, if you want to go far, even all the way to the 2018 World Series, you can go to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. Take a crack at playing free daily fantasy baseball. You can play every day. It's totally free, and the contests are sponsored by DKMS. You know how we do with DKMS, helping to fight against blood cancer. Go on over to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. Find out how you can help, and you can even win a chance to uh, get two tickets to the 2018 World Series game. We're off and running here. Roto experts in the morning. We got a poll to check in on, and we got to get you ready for the week. DFS today, all sorts of stuff. Roto experts in the morning. Dane and Scott, come on right back. Hey, I'm Jeff. Look, I'm just a skeleton. I don't have an ACL anymore, but I'd still like to know what it means when one of my fantasy players sprains his. That's why I use the Inside Injuries app. It was created by real doctors. So you're getting information directly from people who have seen, touched, and operated on actual ACLs. Take it from me, a skeleton. If you aren't using it, you might as well just be guessing. Download the free app today and unlock the secrets of injury analysis. Don't push us, cause we're close to the edge. We're trying uh-huh. not to uh-huh. lose our head. There it is, uh-huh. Scott. There uh-huh. it is, Scott. Sometimes he makes me keep him going under. But it's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports yeah. Radio Network. Dane Martinez, the king, Scott Angle. And, and Scott, maybe Goldschmidt's going to heat up now because he gets kind of the royal treatment from the King Scott Angle and help with Justin some smoking Kevin Pillar a little bit last week. Maybe that's all Goldie needed to get going, spend a couple of minutes with the King. Yeah, it's it's possible. Let's see if let's see if he homers today. <laughs> let's see if he homers today. If you want to put your money where your mouth is, Scott, you could pick him in our Roto Clio game. That's one of the many ways you can join the show if you want. You can hit us up for your Roto Clio picks a little bit later on. You could always dial the number. It's eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. We also got a poll question up today. Who do you think has been the most impressive rookie in Major League Baseball so far? There are so many options. There's no shortage of options, but we decided to nail down uh, Ronald Acuna, Gleyber Torres, and Shoney Otani. We put a little other in there, and some people are responding with others. But, uh, Scott, right now, 55% of the people are going with Shoney Otani. What do you think? Well, you know, guys play professional baseball before, so to me, he doesn't get the vote. To me, it's between Torres and Acuna. Acuna got off to a hotter start, but Torres has a higher OPS. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I'm but Acuna is just, you know, he's been so impressive, like the timing and the length of his home runs. He's been more fun to watch, but if I'm going to go by pure numbers, I would probably have to say Taurus right now. Who are some of the other listeners uh, weighing him with, with the other? Yeah, so a big shout-out to Kyle Marshall out there. He says, listen, there's another Atlanta Brave that should not be, uh, you know, forgotten about when it comes to this. He, it looks like he wants to go with Ozzy, Ozzy Alves maybe. But he can't. Lazi Albies is not a rookie. He ah, had, is he, he talking about a, two, a different Ozzy, maybe? 
that, that he's talking about Albies. It's okay. Albies had 217 at bats last year, so mm. he does not qualify as a rookie. Otherwise, he would get my vote. Interesting. Okay, and then Scott, you know, you talk about how Otani, in your mind, right, uh, is disqualified because he's played professional baseball. I brought up the fact that you know uh, Hideki Matsui once won. Um, you know, rookie of the year after kind of what an was extensive he, 31 career. When he won the yeah, an extensive career year? in Japan. Yeah. Uh, Ichiro, same kind of thing, right? In his kind of debut in 2001, I guess the MVP he won also that year. So you know that 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 takes it out of uh, question. But also, this is happening right now in the NBA. Scott, there was a question about this for guys like Donovan Mitchell versus a guy like Ben Simmons. Now, I understand what we're saying here. Ben Simmons is technically a rookie because he hasn't played any games. But listen, he has a year under his belt of practicing in NBA systems, understanding the lifestyle that is the NBA in terms of travel, in terms of sleep and nutrition, practicing against men, really understanding that lifestyle. And I think that would give him an edge up, even though he didn't play on other guys in the NBA who were true rookies, guys like, you know, Donovan Mitchell, guys like Jason Tatum. Um, What do you think about that? You think Simmons should even be eligible for rookie of the year? How do you play this first year player thing? I do, because, you know, you just talk about more maturity from Simmons and, you know, that some guys could come out with more college and more maturity. How much did he actually practice? Uh, Did he miss the whole season? And number two, you know, plane trips don't make a guy don't affect eligibility. The guy did not set foot on the court. He didn't play at all. Just traveling with the team, understanding how, uh, understanding the lifestyle. A lot of rookies say that is a big adjustment. He already got to go through that adjustment. He did, but that's the mental part of the game. Physically, he did not step foot on the court whatsoever. So he did not play a single game. So how can he qualify for anything? Hey, I, you know, I, I hear you. I hear you. The, the, you know, you, we talk, Scott, about like the MVP. You know, if I, you if say I, that I, the valuable if, is up to interpretation. I think the term rookie is also interp- up to interpretation. You're being very, you know, black and white. He didn't play, so, you know, he still is a rookie. I, I really do believe, Scott, that there are other things you learn kind of in that first year being around the team that kind of would give him a leg up on a pure rookie like Donovan Mitchell or Jason Tatum. Well, uh, I I'm not saying disagree with it, but okay. he never got to execute on anything he learned. So fair enough, you know. They, and what what about guys who grow up as sons of say sure. people who are in professional sports? Sure, Ken they're Griffin around Jr., the lifestyle. Jr. Yeah, they're around the lifestyle. You know, Preston Wilson. Uh, they're around the li- the major league lifestyle, etc. More than the other guys, and they have parents who are major leaguers advising them. You know, they're going to be maybe have a better idea of how to handle professional sports Mm -hmm. better than some of their peers. But that doesn't make them not a rookie either. Yeah, this is true. This is true. We all come to we all come to this in different ways, through different paths and different experiences. It is kind of interesting question. What's up, Scott? By the way, Donovan Donovan Mitchell's uh, father. Yeah. uh, Donovan Mitchell, the jazz. His father actually works for the New York Mets. He's their director of player relations and community development, Donovan Mitchell Sr. 
Oh, big shout out to Donovan yeah. Mitchell Sr. right there on Roto Experts in the morning. Hey, Scott, let's get everybody ready for the week in fantasy baseball. Uh, Brandon Williams does a great article here on RotoExperts.com. It is the mark of fantasy excellence. You need to go on over to Roto Experts and get everything you need to try to, you know, win your leagues, win a little bit of cash as well. He puts out this article to kind of get you ready for the week. And what I'm most interested in, Scott, are the two start pitchers, right? Especially if you're not kind of head-to-head weekly league, you find guys that are pitching on Monday and Tuesday, they're going to get you two starts in that week, giving you a great leg up for things like the counting stats of, say, quality starts or strikeouts for the week, really helping you in head-to-head formats. Brandon Williams puts out a lot of uh, two-star pitchers, everybody from Herman Marquez to Zach Wheeler, Leak, Jamison Tyone. We talked a little bit about the Rays. We talked a little bit about the Rays. Scott Jake Faria has two starts. Guys, we've talked about uh, on the show, Nick Pavetta, for example, Bartolo Colon, big sexy. You'll have two opportunities to get a whiff of his Bartolo Colon this week against the Yankees and then against the Royals. Which of these two start pitchers, Scott, would you try to be on if you uh, try to squeeze the juice out of the orange? Which of these guys do you like best, given maybe not one but two matchups? I kind of like I like what how it sets up for Wheeler, and I kind of like how it sets up uh, – to be quite honest, I kind of like how it sets up for my guy Big Sexy a little bit. But who do you like out of these two-star pitchers? I don't know about Wheeler. He's He's been really, <laughs> really inconsistent recently. I, I I feel like I can't trust him against anybody right now. Uh, as far as Cologne, he's been really good. But anytime you face the Yankees, the Yankees right? like, like I have Cologne in two leagues, you know, that, that, that's kind of tough. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I take Marquez out of it, right, because he's at the Dodgers. We just talked about how the Dodgers are heating up. And then his second start this week is at home against the Reds. I like facing the Reds, but I don't like him facing them in cores. Um, You know, what about – I mean, what about a guy like Tyone? He is in the Great American Small Park on Tuesday and then home. I mean, none of these guys really have great – matchups in both of their games. What about a guy like Trevor Cahill? You know, he hasn't allowed a run in his first, like, 13 or 14 innings at at home, and he gets two home starts this week against Seattle and Arizona. Yeah, I like Cahill fine. You know, the Seattle start worries me a little, but I like him against the No Cano. No Cano in that Uh, lineup, but he does have to deal with Mitch Hanniger. Yeah, well, I I do like him against the Diamondbacks. He's solid. I— I think I like Pavetta a lot. You know, he's pitching really well late recently, yeah. and uh, he gets the Blue Jays this week as well on Sunday. So I think he's gonna he's gonna win at least one of those two starts. Just mm-hmm. just an update. I don't think Jordan Lyles is in line for two starts anymore. But uh, yeah, a lot of these two start guys, you know, these are these are the fringe guys that he focuses on. None of them are outstanding. Yoli Chassin has been pitching really well lately. Uh, kind of underrated out there in a few leagues, and he's got the Diamondbacks and the Mets. So I'm, I'm leaning towards Pavetta and Chassin. Yeah, I like Pavetta a lot as well. Like you're saying, he's he's got a strikeout right now at 28.2%. Real quick, I don't know if you saw this, Scott. You talked about, real quick, you mentioned Jordan Lyles. And when you, th- when you said Jordan Lyles, the first thing I thought about was Jordan Hicks. Did you see that pitch yesterday, Scott? Jordan Hicks threw a 105-mile-an-hour fastball with so much kind of two-seam tailing movement. I don't know if you've seen this video. Jordan Hicks hit 105, yes, I, I think, like a couple of times in his outing yesterday. Absolutely ridiculous, huh? Pushing the boundaries of human performance, Scott. Yeah, he hit 105 back-to-back, and he's got five according to – 
to pitch FX. He's got five of the fastest pitches in Major League Baseball this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but. But uh, yes, I did. I did see that. It was uh, it was very impressive. But uh, yeah. but Norris is still the closer there. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And Holland is nowhere to be found. Hey Scott, let's get people ready. You know, maybe Pavetta is a two star pitcher we like here on Roto Experts in the morning. Also, want to get people a little bit ready for today, Monday. So we talk about the DFS slate. As you know, you can go on over to DailyRoto.com. They're giving you everything you need. The guys over there, Drew Dinkmeyer, Mike Leone, really helping us out. We had Mike Leone on our. Uh, uh, on our air on Thursday. We're going to look to get him again this Thursday, hopefully to talk about Major League Baseball DFS. They talk about uh, the starters out there, Scott, and I want to break some of them down. You know, he's got Granke is kind of a top pitching prospect, along with Walker Bueller today. You know my my pet peeve with Bueller is will he go long enough to qualify for the win, for the quality start, things like that. But then we get into kind of the middle level. You got guys like Jose, I'm going to say it right, Scott, Barrios, we got Barrios, 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 yeah, like the Barrio, okay, like El Barrio, we got uh, Miles Mikolas in St. Louis, we have Tanaka going for the Yanks, and our guy Nick Pavetta for Philly, out of these kind of more mid-tier options, Scott, who do you like best, is it Tanaka, Pavetta, or Barrios? Uh, I kind of like Gio Gonzalez against the Padres, Uh, right now he's off to a really good start. Mm-hmm. Even though the advantage numbers still do point to some aggression, yeah, they had I would say I would say him and Mikolas against uh, Kansas City, uh, which won't have a DH as they point out on Daily Roto this morning. Uh, Nick Pavetta is very good, but against Atlanta, it might be a little bit tougher. So I would probably say Gio and Mikolas are probably my two favorites. All right. Um, so there outside you have of it, the listen. obvious, outside. Well, although there isn't is an Granky obvious, is really I mean, that obvious necessarily? Uh. He's he's the, he's the best pitcher, but you know with, with the park factor in Milwaukee, right? Uh, he's he's not as up. Granky hasn't been as dominant as in the past. So while he's the the biggest name pitcher, uh, I, I think it's mostly this slate is devoid of obvious guys like we're on Friday when we were talking. Yeah. you know we had we had Scherzer, we had Verlander, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, you talk about how you think Greinke is is maybe the best pitcher. I will submit Masahiro Tanaka. I mean, the Rangers are 27th in the league in weighted run control against right-handed pitcher. They strike out almost 26% of the time. That forkball should play. I'm going to tell you what. If I had a, ro- a different kind of Roto Clio, I would pick Joey Gallo to strike out multiple times tonight if I could do that against Masahiro Tanaka. I, should be I able think to, you're like, being a little bit of a homer there if you pick no, Tanaka come on. tonight. Come on, he's, you don't the, think... he's not the he's not the best pitcher on the slate. But I do think the Rangers strike out a lot. Tanaka gets strikeouts. I think he's a very viable option. I mean, yeah. the Rangers the Rangers offense, you know, they strike out. They're three true outcomes, Scott. And I think Tanaka I don't know. I'm to, I'm detecting a, a little advantage. bit of a homer vibe here this morning. Eh, you know, you want to, to you, you like you 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 outright like voted for. Gleyber Torres is, you know, the That's the right. My man rookie. has the highest batting average, you know, the highest I th- I OPS, think, the highest run scored out of any rookie since you said, I said, I, and he's I, doing it for a team with the best record in baseball, Scott. Come on. I want you to take that entire clip, Chris Pavona, and tell me and replay it and sound it like somebody who doesn't sit. You sound like somebody who's sitting in Section 227 in Yankee Stadium. You roll out all the stats and then said, come on. You Forget know, about it. Tanaka, Tanaka has a 474 ERA. You know, it's, 
All right, well, we'll see. Listen, t- tomorrow, Scott, tomorrow at about, oh, I won't be here on tomorrow's show, but Wednesday at 7.04 a.m., we could pick up the baton and see how it wound up. Now, listen. Listen, Scott. Hey, look, just because be- you mean you're right doesn't mean you're not going to be a homie. You'd be like, just like any other Yankee fan, you'd be like, so I told you about Tanaka, see? That's all right, but Scott, yeah. unlike our guy who's joining us in a couple of minutes, the all-in kid for me, it's not always about being right. I'm comfortable in my knowledge. I'm comfortable I know you sometimes are. I get it wrong. We'll see. But here's the thing, Scott. Check this out. Check that this out. You, you know, We are making kind of predictions, and we are trying to have an impact. If you want to have a huge impact on a team, check out the fan-controlled football league, okay? It brings fantasy sports and Madden franchise mode to a real football field. You'll you can, if you're a homer, it don't matter. You can scout players, draft rosters, hire coaches, and call plays. The FCFL will feature eight professional teams playing seven-on-seven, seven, but get this. They do it inside a high-tech production studio. Great camera angles, great sound, great stats. This is the next generation of fantasy football, where fans get rewarded for dominating through the league's proprietary fan token. To learn more about fan token and the FCFL, visit fcfl.io. Oh, uh, maybe that's the way it's okay to be a homer, huh, Scott? It'll be okay, our team. We you, can control you, it. Yeah, you got you because you have a, a stake in your own team. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's one way to do it. Hey, Scott, we're gonna be uh, getting joined by the all-in kid, Jake Seeley, in a uh, in a couple of minutes. The last thing I just wanted to bounce off you real quick. I don't know if you saw this guy. Remember I was talking about that spin rate with the Astros and the mm-hmm. Indians, and I told you how Bauer is also doing that uh, donation to charity every day. Less, uh, over the weekend, one of the charities he donated to was Lance McCullers' charity, right? So clearly, it's all in good fun. They're now using this maybe for a yeah. little bit even of a good cause. Bauer making the donation to the Lance McCullers Foundation. I thought that was a nice, uh, a nice little gesture. Hash rate uh, you know, pay it forward with the spin rate, huh? Yeah, and I think uh, when we talk about, you know, teams starting to improve their pitching, a uh, team I'm starting to keep my eye on is the Minnesota Twins. Jake Odorizzi had 10 strikeouts yesterday and has the highest K rate of his career. Kyle Gibson has the highest K rate of his career. So I'm keeping an eye on the Twins. They're doing something interesting there, too. Ah, interesting. Let's see if they got a good grip on the ball. When we come back, we'll see what Jake Seeley thinks. We're off and running here. Roto Experts in the morning, hour two, right after this on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Hour number two, it is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network on a Monday, May 21st. You got Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician, the King, Scott Angle. And as always, we bring it on home with my guy, the all-in kid, Jake Seely. Jake, how was your weekend, my friend? How you doing? Doing good. It was busy, but it was good. 
It was busy. I had a couple of questions. I was watching you on Twitter over the weekend, Jake. I have a couple of questions for you, but we will get into that at another point in time. One question, Jake, we have out for everybody right now. It is our poll question. Who has been the most impressive rookie so far? We have options of Okunia, Gliber Torres, Shoni Otani. I brought this up because, you know, Austin Meadows had a nice little weekend. They bring up Soto in Washington. They're making moves in Houston. We're always talking about rookie outings, you know, whether it's Romero or Peralta, you know, or, or, or Kingham or others. These rookies have been really impressive. I have a two-part question for you, Jake, to bring you on. Um, one, do you think Otani belongs in this poll as a, uh, as a rookie? And second of all, who would you vote fo- fo- for here, Okunya, Gleiber, or Otani? What do you think, Jake? See, I've never really been a fan. Like, I understand, like, according to the rules, he has to be. It's the same thing as in basketball for the fact that the Simmons is a rookie right. because he didn't play his first season. Uh, the football, you know, it's funny. Basketball is really the only one that does that because football, if you didn't play your first season, you're, still, you're not a rookie anymore. It doesn't matter. You're like all the guys like Corey Davis barely playing last year that much like or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like, oh, he's John Ross. One, yeah, one snap. John Ross, yeah, there you go. There's a better one. That's a terrific one. John Ross is not a rookie anymore. So the basketball has always been weird with that, but it's part of the rules. So if you want to go by the rules, technically, yes, technically your first time playing in this league, you are a rookie. I've never liked it for that. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing like Kurt Warner when he came over, or you can go back to you know, Warren Moon and stuff like that, where they really rookies in the NFL. So right. I don't like it. If you're going to vote by the rule, you vote by the rule. That's fine. I would just go with Acuna just for the fact that he's a true rookie, in my opinion. Yeah, and then, you know, it it goes back to just, like, the interpretation of some things. Like, I disagree with the fact he's a rookie. He's already pl- played professional baseball. It's just a different country. It's like, I don't I don't agree with the MVP, you know, that we talked about it last week, the way it's voted. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, usually it's the player with the best stats. I believe the most valuable player should be the guy that if you take away from his team, they 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 don't make the playoffs. I I think it should be on a playoff. Uh, MVP should come from a playoff team. Right, there was always that issue, right? Like, remember that year Alex Rodriguez hit 50-some-odd homers for the Texas Rangers, but they were not contenders. The question is, if you take him off the team, they're still not contenders. So, you know, we have to debate the word valuable, and it looks like we need a clear definition for the word rookie as well. I think I'm sort of on the Jake side. Listen, I think Ben Simmons, with a year of, you know, travel, understanding the NBA lifestyle, practicing against men, but uh, reasonable people can, in fact, disagree. We will check in on the poll throughout the show. If you want to join, remember, hit us up on Twitter. You can see this at Roto Experts, at Spittin' Speeds, at Scotty Roto X, at the All In Kid as well. If you want to join the show, the number to call is 844-843-6879. Jake, I want to ask you about a couple of things over the weekend in the NFL, some news and notes. And we start in uh, we start in Jerry's world. We start in Dallas, okay? I mean, Terrence Williams, you know, has this issue. He crashed his Lamborghini. Um, you know, so he's he's kind of uh, on the hot seat a little bit as well. I remember asking you, Jake, about this Dallas kind of wide receiver room. I remember asking you, like, who gets drafted after Zeke Elliott? And now we're complicating things. These wide receivers in Dallas, Terrence Williams, you got Gallup, Cole Beasley. Does this further muddy the picture for you, Jake? What do you think about these Cowboys wide receivers? 
It only muddies it if there's some type of situation with the NFL or the team where he's suspended or something more happens. And obviously there's a chance of that, but if he's fine by week one, I told you before, the Cowboys are hell-bent on trying to make Terrence Williams a thing. Like, mm-hmm. Look at the money they gave him. They keep going to him every single year. They want Terrence Williams to be their number one or whatever it may be, even if he's a 1B. But right. The fact is, Alan Hearns is going to be at least one of the two guys for as long they as spent money on him. Right. He has the talent to be a second option on a team. We've seen it before. He's, he's more than just a deep threat. The fact is, he can't stay healthy or consistent. But if he's out there, he will be one of the two top options. So it just comes down to what I've always said about Michael Gallup, even on Roto Experts in my rookie draft recap. As I said, Gallup has the, mo- the, he has the best potential and innate talent of anybody on this team right now. He's raw. He's not ready for it yet. Maybe he goes through some things in OTAs and preseason that the team helps him get to that. But he has to get past Alan Hearns or Terrence Williams. If Terrence Williams is starting week one, Gallup is going to be the fourth option because Cole Beasley is the slot. Gallup, that's not his position anyway. Gallup's not going to move to the slot. So he has to get past Hearns or Williams, whether it's by injury, whether it's by suspension, because as of today, the talent's there. He's just not ready for it yet. So he's not going to pass them yet on talent. Yeah, and one guy that I'm actually going to watch is Deontay Thompson. This is a guy that that flashed at times with Buffalo, you know, especially when they were playing catch up. And we've seen that receivers can leave Buffalo and play better elsewhere. So sometimes in these situations where you don't have it, like you look at the roster right now and say they have nobody, somebody has to step forward and do the job. Somebody has to catch the football. And it wouldn't be surprised, a very, very deep sleeper that I'm going to keep my eye on. And then I may recommend in very deep leagues or taking the best ball late could be Deontay Thompson. All right, all right. That's not the only time this weekend, Jake, that uh, Cowboys wide receivers were in the news. Former Cowboys wide receiver Terrell Owens was saying he can't understand how Jason Garrett still has a job. You know, um, this idea, like, are they really improving under him? And it got me thinking, Jake, which coaches do you think are kind of on the biggest hot seat for this season? You know, I think Garrett might be one of them if they kind of underperform. You think about Hugh Jackson. We've talked about the Browns at nauseum, him going 1-31 and over the last two seasons and I also think Jake I also think about uh Dirk Cutter down there in Tampa maybe you can think about Marvin Lewis has gotten stale and Cincy um do you think Garrett is on the hot seat this year Jake and who might some other coaches you think I had some other ideas uh some other candidates that could be feeling their bum bum getting a little warm this season yeah, I think that Jason Garrett has to be, but it's not all his fault, but a large part of it is because you talk about this team, too, and the fact that Dak Prescott has been criminally underpaid. Like Whether or not you mm-hmm. think Dak Prescott is a top-tier, second-tier, whatever you think he is, he's a definitely well above an average quarterback, and he's getting paid dirt cheap nothing because of when he was drafted, and yet they haven't put pieces around him, that, especially offensively. The offensive line's been great. Defensive has been miserable across an entire defense. And part of it is that there's a lot of suspensions for that team. But also, you've been giving them Des Bryant and pretty much nothing else. Terrence Williams at wide receiver for the past how many years? They haven't done a whole lot outside of Ezekiel Elliott to help him, and Ezekiel Elliott was just a draft pick. So 
part of that is the front office as well. So I think Garrett is because it's an entire organization situation. You can look at the Giants within this division last year. Ben McAdoo was a big problem. He was. But let's be honest, too, so was the front office. So I think that if you see another poor start, maybe the Cowboys start 2-6, and six, that the entire front office outside of Jerry you know, gets kicked out Can't of Can't fire but, himself. You know, yeah, exactly. But Jerry's always going to be part of the problem. The other two that came to mind were the ones you already named. I mean, because you look at – there's a lot of coaches that already were replaced, and a lot of the coaches that were replaced mm-hmm. are on teams that you have questions about. At right. the bottom of the standings in all these divisions, you know, now the Broncos, uh, you know, maybe they're in the conversation. Maybe, yeah, I would think that would be the only one but outside of Hugh Jackson and, uh, of course, the, the Bengals and Marvin Lewis. I think those were the two. Those you don't think Dirk Cutter? Ones. I mentioned Cutter and Tampa. No, well. I actually don't because I really? think that if you – well, if you look at it now, if they go 4-12 – Maybe. I don't expect them to be that bad this year because I think if you look at it, Jameis Winston was hit you know, on and off and hit and miss last year. A lot was his regression. They didn't have any running back. Deshaun Jackson got hurt and missed almost in, uh, you know, actually a good chunk of the year. So I think there was just a lot that went wrong for the Buccaneers last year that I, I wouldn't say that it's all on him. With the Dallas Cowboys, it starts from ownership up top. And to me, Jerry Jones is always meddling in affairs. I think that he shouldn't. You know, he's not a player personnel guy, and that affects everything else. If you look at, if you isolate J- Jason Garrett's record by itself, though, you know, why does this guy get a free pass? He's been in there eight years, and he's only had a winning season in three of them, and he's won one playoff game in eight years. That would get a lot of other people fired. Yeah, but, you know, hey. It's America's team. This so is a, this, this, no, a it's not. <laughs> it's not. This is a has-been franchise. Listen, I that don't has not, not been, and America's team is the Patriots. You know, this is a new era. The America's t- this is not 1977. That's when the Cowboys were annoyed by that, when they were yeah, constantly they were winning all the time. and they're on TV all the time. What's the one team that everybody loves to hate that is talked about more than any other? It's the Patriots. They're America's team. All right, fair enough. You could take that up with Corey Parson maybe at about 8.55. But, uh, hey, Jake, another situation I wanted to ask you about. You know, last week I was asking you about running backs that were maybe signing or visiting teams. We talked about Matt Jones. We talked about Terrence West. And you were like, hey, Dane, this, these guys don't move the needle at all. And I accept that. And I want to throw another one into the mix because I'm hearing word in Detroit, right, that you got LeGarrette Blunt, You got the rookie, Karrion Johnson. You know Theo Riddick is going to be in kind of in the pass-catching third-down PPR role, right? So to me, the guy without a chair when the music stops, and we're hearing reports that there may be, uh, you know, he may be on the move. We're talking about Amir Abdullah, Jake. And so let's say Amir Abdullah was out there. Would he have more of a market, Jake, than a Terrence West, more than a Matt Jones and some of these other kind of nondescript running backs we're talking about? Jake, do you think Abdullah is on the 53-man roster for the Lions this year? And if not, um, would he be more viable than a guy like Terrence West who's making the rounds? No, he's not going to be on the team because as soon as they sign Gary Johnson, that's what they want him to be, despite the fact that I don't think Gary Johnson can be that. I don't think he's going to be the answer that the running back situation they've been looking for for years. But to answer your second question, which, well, I guess your first and third and second question, you kind of bounced it around there a couple times. Yeah, just take it and run with it, Jake. He has more value than West and uh, uh, Matt Jones. But it still doesn't matter. It, that, that doesn't matter. It's, it's DeMarco Murray still floating out there. Nobody else matters right now. There's no other running back that's going to hit free agency that we're going to care about for fantasy. Yeah, Murray is the one guy that we will because somebody will go down. He'll get a chance to play, and he still has something left. He could start for somebody. 
Amir Abdullah at this point, you know, just trying to uh, you know stay on the roster, stay in the mix, try to get some touches. It's already been proven that he's he's not a guy that can be a featured guy or maybe even part of a timeshare. So he's not going to go drafted in most fantasy leagues. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I don't think he's going to go drafted at all. I think the question is, will he will he be getting a check from the NFL? I think is the question, you know, um, that, that running back room in Detroit starting to get a little bit crowded. You know, someone who will definitely have an impact on fantasy rosters this year is my guy DJ2K. We're talking about David Johnson, okay? He came back, you know, he's healed from that injury of last year. Remember, he only played one game. I saw over the weekend, Jake, he's reiterating that his goal is to to get a thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know when the last time that's been done. Maybe Roger Craig did it for the 49ers back in the day. Maybe some others. But um, here's my thing, Jake. Out of all these top like four or five or six guys, if you want to know the truth, I think David Johnson is the one with the greatest potential to kind of regress and not live up to the billing. You know, Le'Veon will be there. Zeke will be there. I believe Saquon will be there. Gurley as well. For me, David Johnson, if any of them are the ones who we could see take a kind of step back. If I asked you, Jake, to put a percentage on it, what percent chance do you think uh, that he would not be and RB1, he would fall outside of the top 12? Zero if he's healthy. Zero. Zero percent. No. Barring injury, yeah, like, of course. Yeah, it's, it's funny. This is the third day in a row because I've been doing guest spots. We're talking about David oh, okay. Johnson because of this quote. Because right. that's what everybody wants to talk about. I wish you could just go by recording and play it on loop for you guys. But the fact is, with the talent, it's David Johnson is going to be in the conversation with the big three on talent alone. There's, there's nothing's going to stop him except for injury. I know the offensive line is a question, and that's why he's fourth for me. Like It's the big three, and then David Johnson's sitting on a tier of his own, just by himself. All Not the with way Saquon? Out there no are, Saquon? No. Bar- Barkley's on another one by himself right behind him. There's very small tiers for me. For me, it's Bell, Zeke, and Gurley at the top. Small, small gap, and then David Johnson sitting there because of the concerns, and then small, small gap to Saquon Barkley and then everybody else. And the thing with David Johnson is just play 16 games, he's going to be a threat for 1,000 and 1,000 because the truth is he's going to be a threat for 1,300 and then probably 700. Like I would put, if you asked me to put a number on a season, I would say 13 and 700 is a realistic number. So if you look at the passing game, Larry Fitzgerald is their number one. Their best wide receiver as of right now is Christian Kirk, who can play on the outside, but he is better suited for the slot which Fitzgerald is playing. So you have to take that into account. You have to take into account Sam Bradford coming in there, the offense changing, whether or not Bradford lasts the entire season, then a rookie quarterback or Rosen coming in. But all these things are going to come down to David Johnson being your best weapon. And as of right now, the second best weapon in the passing game. People joke that the Zeke is going to lead the Cowboys in receptions. There's a great chance that David Johnson is going to be the second leading reception leader for the Cardinals. So I think if you told me you want to give me a number of 1 to 10 and he actually gets 1,000 and 1,000, I actually put it like a 6 or a 7. Oh, so you like this. You think there's a greater, better shot than not yeah, it's, that he achieves this goal. It's only injury, which that's why he's on a tier of his own, because we do have to recognize this is two years in a row he's ended his season to an injury. Granted, the first one was at the end of the season, but now this is coming. This is two years in a row now, and then you do have to factor in, like I said, a new offense, the quarterback situation, the offensive line. I think he's an amazing elite talent, but that's the only reason he's not with those big three names. Yeah, with Johnson, I see no reason if he's healthy 
to even pick apart his numbers or his production at all. He's still he's still the crux of the offense. If the rookie quarterback gets in there, he's going to depend heavily on him, though he might be the most pro-ready of anybody coming out of the class. I don't see a solid reason. I think like you're actually making up things if you just see any reason for regression there if you're not talking about health. Listen, there is always one or two top five backs that underperform. There's always one first-round Fugazi out there. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it's David Johnson. I'm just bringing it up because he does have these lofty goals. And uh, I think there's it's other one, It's one thing backs. to have the lofty goals, and you hear a player say that. Right. But in terms of fantasy, I don't think – look, you're right. There's always somebody who busts. But I don't think right when you're on drafting now that you can pick out a legitimate reason or two why he would be that specific bust. All right, fair enough. We'll see. When we're talking about this in November, uh, make sure we clip this one too, Bavona, on the off chance look, that I actually look. If you got if it, you're correct. right. If you're right, I say you're right, but Fair you know enough. it's like you know I'm still wondering what you're building your case on, though. Yeah, I'm not. No, I was just throwing out there. I'm just saying, yeah. is it possible? Hey, Jake, the thing I really want to ask you about, real quick, before we go to break, where are you having brunch on Sundays, Jake? Bone Thugs and Harmony and Ice Cube. How can I find this diner, Jake? <laughs> it's the eighty twenty burger bar out here in Norfolk. I was not expecting that to be the the soundtrack while they're sitting in there. It's bone. It was ice cube. Today is a good day. Uh, that was the one that really threw me. You're sitting there with your parents after church, and that came on. Absolutely. It is the first of the month. Jake taking him to the crossroads after church. It's a little apropos, potentially. Here with a little Bone Thugs and Harmony. Jake was having a great old Sunday. We had a great old weekend. We are back here, though. Roto Experts in the morning. When we come back, more of Dane, more of Scott, more of Jake, and more of you as well. Holler at us if you want. The number to call is 844-843-6879. Roto Experts in the morning. What if I were to tell you that there was a professional football league where you, the fan, got to draft the team and call the plays? Is that something you might be interested in? The Fan Control Football League is bringing managerial control to the fans. Visit fcfl.io to learn more. It's Carton and Friends! That's a guy, Chris Pavona, down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Responsive. Jake, I don't know if this brings you back memories of your steak and eggs from yesterday, but we're going to the crossroads, a little bone thugs and harmony, huh, Jake? Bumping. You want to give these guys a plug? The diner down there, mid-Atlantic states, making it happen. Noon on Sunday? Yeah, I already told you. 80-20 bar. (laughs) Apparently, they keep their same soundtrack from the night as they do in the mornings. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, one last football thing, and I know it will not relate to necessarily NFL fantasy, but if you guys saw it, Johnny Football, Johnny Football did, in fact, sign in Canada with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I got to give a shout-out to my man, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Anytime it comes to Hamilton, maybe uh, Lin had something to do with it. Probably not, though. Listen, my thing is... I think this is a good decision out of Johnny because, one, he's going to be playing in the summer. He's going to be able to put more stuff on tape. You know, he was saying that if he tried to go the NFL route, he would have had to wait for an injury. He was only talking about five or six guy uh, teams that were potentially interested. And this way, you know, I think it proves to the people out there that this guy really does love, fo- love football and he's willing to put the work in. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but a good move out of Johnny football this weekend, Jake? Yeah, it is if he wants to continue his career. He needs to find somewhere to play and re, you know, rehab his issues, or issues or is, image. Good grief! So you know, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it somewhere. 
I don't know that a team was going, as you said, going to take a chance on him to begin with. And if they did, it definitely wasn't going to be anything more than the last man on the roster, quarterback-wise, the third man on the roster. So, I think this is good for him. You know, if he goes out there and really impresses and puts up numbers that are just blowing the league away, somebody will take a chance on him at the end of that contract in two years, and maybe he can find a way to get out of it. They can buy him out a year early, but. This is the best way for him to do it if he really wants to try and play football. He's similar to Josh Gordon's situation. Hopefully, he's gotten things straight, and this is a good outlook for his career. Yeah, and what's interesting is there is a fantasy angle here. Uh, For the second season in a row, Roto Experts will be powering the fantasy content for the official side of the Canadian Football League and and their fantasy game Uh, with with, uh, with Brandon C. Williams leading the way, and our guy Ben from Daily Roto. So it'll be interesting to see what their preseason scouting reports are and where they're going to rank him every week uh, in terms of the fantasy quarterbacks for the CFL. No, that is interesting. I did not know that. Maybe a little Johnny Football watch, see if he climbs up the CFL quarterback rankings. You mentioned again, DailyRoto.com. You guys can all go on over to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. Take a crack at playing free daily fantasy baseball. Listen, guys, every three minutes an American is diagnosed with blood cancer, yet only 30% of all blood donor patients are able to find a compatible bone marrow donor in their family. Go to DailyRoto.com. Slash DKMS. Find out how you can help eradicate blood cancer and play free daily fantasy baseball. You can even get a shot of winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. All right. Hey, guys. I had an idea. Jake, you know, you are the king of games and trivia. You know, you got the spreadsheet working for Roto Clio. All that good stuff. We'll check in on that a little bit later on. But, Jake, one of the things we talked about last week was how, you know, we had that poll for the AL MVP, and then we talked about how some other guys are more of a face of baseball, the ambassador out in front on a public relations side for the casual fan that could be included. And we were like, wait, it's kind of hard to actually figure out who is the face of baseball. You know, it used to be guys like Derek Jeter. It used to be guys like Ken Griffey Jr. It used to be guys even more recently, maybe Big Poppy, David Ortiz. And we were deb- debating who really is that Right now. So, Jake, over the weekend, I, I, I brainstormed a little. And what I want to do is I want to ultimately maybe seed these guys like 1 through 16 and maybe have a little bit of a bracket for who is the face of baseball over the summer. And so I just started brainstorming some names. But I need you guys, Jake and Scott, as my official kind of like selection and ranking committee. So I want to throw out some of these names and see if I kind of missed any. Uh, so maybe we could start to form these brackets. How does that sound, Jake? Mm, sounds good. All right. So here are the ones that I think are completely kind of obvious, that I think are maybe your top seeds, right? You got your Mike Trouts. You got your Aaron Judges. You got your Jose Altuve. In my opinion, the next ones that I could see are Bryce Harper, maybe even a Clayton Kershaw, right? And then, and then you got what? Chris Bryan, Albert Pujols, Buster Posey, Correa. Maybe Betts, maybe Machado and Lindor. Who else could even be in this bracket, Jake and Scott? I mean, uh, I also thought, do you think it makes sense, Jake, in this uh, bracket as a maybe like a a 10 seed to put it's still Derek Jeter? Do you think the casual fan would even (laughs) still think Derek Jeter is the face of baseball? Uh, I think it's been long enough. They've moved on? Yeah, I I think that's been long so give me that's, some names that belong in the tournament, Jake, outside uh, the ones maybe it, I mentioned. Are, are we trying to get to 16? So that was the other part, Jake. It was hard for me to get to 16, okay? So if we have to get no, to 16, I think we could. 
All right, so I got Trout, yeah. Judge, Altuve, Harper, Kershaw, Bryant. I think you still put Pujols in there. I think you put Posey in there. I think you put Correa in there. I think you still put Miguel Cabrera in there. Betts, Machado, Lindor. That was like 12 Stanton. or 13. Okay, yeah, Stanton, Stanton gets yeah, in there. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. Stanton gets in there, sure. Give me, give me a couple more. Put, I think you need to put Verlander and Syndergaard both in there. Would they yeah, be over a guy like Verlander. Scherzer? Would they be over a guy like Scherzer? Yes, because uh, we're talking about the face. You're talking about yeah. recognizing. Yeah, like, absolutely. The thing is, Scherzer right now is arguably the best pitcher in baseball. But if you talk about your average fan, sure. like, who's Max Scherzer? Like, they, no, they and that's know what we're who, doing. They, they know who Syndergaard is because of Thor and because of how hard he throws. They know who Verlander is because he's been around forever and he's dating Kate Upton or now married to Kate Upton or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he bounced back last year. That's why, like, so nobody outside of the casual person of baseball is going to recognize Garrett Cole. Most of them won't recognize Max Scherzer because he's also not been on the stage yet because of the Nationals. So I think that, that that's why those two. Like, I would even go Chris Sale before I went for Max Scherzer for a face of baseball. Okay, yeah, what do you think, are, Scott? Are we missing? Who's the omissions here? I don't know because baseball is not that type of sport. I see where Jake is coming from. But mm-hmm. baseball is not that type of sport anymore where there are many recognizable faces to people who don't Therein watch the Therein lies game. the problem. Therein yeah. lies the problem so, why it's going down. So who is, the face of, who is the face of baseball, I would say, not when I'm estimating it, to the casual baseball fan? Who right, the casual right, like that Q rating. You know? Not, you know, not people outside because everybody who doesn't even watch football knows who – Tom Brady and some other football players are. I would say three other names to consider are Manny Machado, Freddie Freeman, Freeman. Freeman, and Paul Goldschmidt. And Goldie. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to offline. You got 16? Uh, We now have 18. We now have 18. So you can cut two. That's what we're going to do, okay? I'm going to send this to you guys offline, and maybe I'll also – what I also want to do is get your ideas on seating. You know what I mean? Because I think the top ones are fairly obvious. But when we're talking to the 8-9 matchups, you know, kind of who who belongs. So I'm going to give you guys list. All right. And I'm going to give you guys this. Uh, what about Roldis Chapman? You think Chapman? Interesting. Maybe not all yeah. for the right reasons. But what well, we can have the most. If he's even, is he even the most popular closer? But it's not at all popular necessarily. People like you. No, it is point, popular. Scott. It is popularity. No, no wait. Who's most recognizable? But, Scott, when I say popular, that's not always like – positively, shall we say, right? But he is recognizable. Why? Because people, like, know the oh, yeah. lore well, of this guy being able to hit 103 on the gun. You right. know what I but mean? But to so, your point, you don't, he's not going to – he'll never be the face because of what happened. He can't exactly. Be. And to be honest, yeah. Jake, I was, asking, I was asking Cubs fans a couple years ago, how would they feel if they broke the curse of the Billy Goat with a Roldis Chapman as the man standing on the mound exultant with his arms up By in the, the air way. on the back page of the newspaper? And a lot of Cubs fans were not comfortable with that. I can see that, Dane. You want to talk about Cubs fans, though. You want to talk about a terrific troll job? <laughs> so that? the Cubs are playing the Indians coming up, and they said there's a their their promotion quote unquote is bring your umbrella just in case of a rain delay. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty funny. I do like that. I almost thought they would get at him and maybe bring pine tar to grip the balls a little bit better. That could be an interesting uh, you know troll for the Indians as well. Um, let me you just know what's you. interesting, Go ahead, Scott. You know, sorry. You know, you no, know, it was inter- interesting. Uh, a few years ago, when MLB actually did this poll officially, I don't think they do it every year. David Wright was the guy to win, and hmm. if he wasn't injured the past few years, he would definitely be in a part of this poll. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, he, like you said, he's got that kind of ambassador uh, kind yeah. of persona and career and, you know, clean cut, always uh, the great guy to have out there in front. Let me review. Like I said, guys, we have more than 16 right now. I just want to review to see if there's any omissions, and then we'll get through the process of ranking them, and maybe we'll start the tournament next week, okay? I got Trout, Judge, Altuve, Kershaw, Harper, Bryant, Pujols, Posey, Correa, Cabrera, Betts, Machado, Lindor, Stanton, Verlander, Syndergaard, Freeman, Goldie, and Chapman. Do you think there are any people that are like just straight omissions at this point? And then we could go through the process of uh, seating them. Anybody else? Uh, If if you're asking me, I automatically eliminating Chapman. Okay, fair enough. He may not yeah. make the cut. He may wind up on the cutting room floor. But at this yeah. point, we're still seeing if there's – have we captured the universe of potential, Jake? I think so. Yeah, at this point, right? Yeah, I think so. I agree. Well, one, I don't think well, one name I want to throw out there, though, do Go we ahead. have to consider Joey Votto? Mm, I think he's. I think he belongs in our People first. In baseball swipe. don't even give him respect. <laughs> I think he belongs at this level. He may be someone who ultimately doesn't make the cut for the sixteen, but yeah. um, I think he belongs at this level of consideration. What do you say, Jake? Yeah. No, I was saying he does, but my, I was joking. The fact that people in fantasy and real-life baseball still don't give him the respect he deserves. He deserves, but I just I don't think he is because of Cincinnati. Is, it's similar to Scott's MVP argument, which where like we don't see eye-to-eye on that, but the fact is he gets overlooked in Cincinnati by so many people because he's in Cincinnati. Yeah, the small market, the small market curse, shall we say? And, and at least if team. you're on a small market team who, right? That's what I was gonna say. If you're on a small market team who pokes your head up every now and then, you know, then you get some notoriety. Right, but that is not the case, unfortunately, with the Red Stockings, huh, Scott? No, it's 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 not the case, and you know the the Reds are having a terrible year as well, so that that certainly doesn't help anything either. It, and Andrew not. Andrew McCutcheon used to be one of those guys, he but used I, to not be. anymore. I don't think McCutcheon fits the bill. If if this was say four years ago, I think he would have been, you know, kind of getting a home field advantage in the first round in the top eight. But I think his his star has kind of waned a little bit. Remember, he hasn't been as uh, as strong. And then, you know, uh, going on over to San Francisco right now. Maybe those are polls we will put up in the future. Right now, though, we got a poll question up on at FNTSY Radio. You can find it on Roto Experts, at Spittin' Speeds, at Scotty Roto X, at All In Kid. We ask you, who is the most impressive rookie so far? The options we have are Acuna, Gleyber Torres, and Shoni Otani. Um, right now, despite people, despite Scott thinking he should not qualify, 55% of the people are all about Shoni Otani. We got uh, another Is that a saying, glaring omission over, over our faces of baseball, Paul? Because Otani hmm. hasn't been in the majors for a month that and a half, but look at all the attention that, that he's drawing. Does Otani belong in the poll, I, in the brackets? I kind of think he does, Jake. What do you think? It would be kind of a meteoric rise, but right away, like in 2001, if we were doing this, Ichiro would have been in the poll. No, that's a good point. He, deserves, he has to be in the top 16 because if nothing else, the attention from overseas is enormous. Absolutely. We'll get Otani in there as well. I mean, are there any other, you know, kind of international flavor that we're missing? We have a lot of, you know, we know the Spanish guys, Dominican Republic's well represented. I don't know. What a- Speaking of international flavor, what are you chomping on over there? 
Yeah, got a little, you know, listen, I told you, Jake, on Sundays, I don't need eggs, I don't need prayer, but on Monday morning, I need a little cantaloupe. I need a little cantaloupe, you know, that's what we're doing here, trying to get that nutrition. Let me ask you about this. What about, okay, then, then, then Ryan Braun. As it's not international, but we, we we need to have the uh, the, the American movement. Oh, Jew- I see. We gotta have the Jewish people represented. All right, we can the put Hebrew, them on the list. The Hebrew I hammer. Gonna, I think he's gonna uh, hit the cutting room floor in the first round, Scott. <laughs> but we can get him. We can get him in there. Well, we I wasn't gonna say Kevin Pillar, you know. I was gonna try to see if uh, we could get my man Didi in there with a little bit of the uh, you know Netherlands, um, yeah, Netherlands, Netherlands flavor. I see the World Baseball yeah. Classic, but this is an interesting poll. If you guys want to get down with us, we're gonna be organizing this. I know J Rod out there may have something to say. We got the poll question up right now. Shoni Otani dominating. A lot of people like this. I want to give a shout out to my guy Andy Singleton over there as well. He says Otani has to be in the discussion, if not the clear and away winner. What he is doing is beyond what anyone could have expected in year one. I don't disagree with Andy, but at the same time the question is, is this year one? I think that is really the question that it comes down to. Hey guys, also Listen, we talked last week about the landmark court case of the Supreme Court, you know, kind of clearing the way for states to go ahead and legalize gambling. Well, uh, if you do want to gamble and if your state is there, go on over to mybookie.ag. They're doing the player props right now. And if you don't know about the player pop tool, you are missing out. It allows you to avoid the Sharks winning 90% of the money in DFS and invest in the players that you want without salary caps. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Go to mybookie.ag, open a new account, enter the promo code FANTASY, F-N-T-S-Y, and you will receive a 50% deposit bonus. Guys, you could do these player props. Unfortunately, though, I was all over quip in our player props here on the Preakness stakes that I don't know if you could have seen. Even if you were watching the screen, you maybe couldn't have seen because the fog was rolling in. Unfortunately, uh, quip did not uh, hit the board or come even close or get me any money. Did you guys uh, Did you guys watch or were you successful at all on the Preakness? No. Jake? No, no, not, not at all. No. My dad asked me about that at breakfast on Sunday. Is like, was it the is the race today? In between ice cube like, gems? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. It's yesterday. It was, I didn't watch it because I don't care about daggone horses. And he's like, what is sports? I'm like, it's not. It's, oh my gosh, just go back to your food. Yeah, I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch it either. I just watched baseball and NBA this weekend. I I didn't even bother with NASCAR this week because the All Star race doesn't count. Got you. Well, the turf was very sloppy, shall I say. And a big shout-out to Justify. He has now both of the first two jewels of the Triple Crown. In about three weeks, he will take on the Test of Champions, the mile and a half at Belmont Racetrack. When we come back here on Roto Experts in the morning, what we're going to do is we are going to check in on our Roto Clio. We'll hear what's going on with the guys at Carton and Friends as well. We'll check in on the poll again. And if you want to join the show... There's still a little bit of time. The number to call is 844-843-6879. Dane, Scott, and Jake. It's Roto Experts in the morning. I'm going to go back to my cantaloupe now, Jake. Hey, you, over here. You want to win a DFS? And you want it for just $1? I got Daily Roto here. Now, why do you want it? Two of the guys behind it have won a million dollars. It's not just about the writers. Not one, not two, but three subscribers have won a million dollars, too. That's five millionaires. Five, count them. And it's not counting the $100,000 winners, too. They talk about it in the Slack channel. But why is it a dollar right now? Special price for the month of May. Yeah, if you don't like it, then walk away. 
If you love it and you're winning, keep going. Do I use it? How do you think I afford my massive tracksuit collection? Come on, look at the glitter on this. It's beautiful. You can sort your stats, add your own weights, read articles, distinguish between slates on FanDuel and DraftKings. You gotta go to DailyRoto.com and enter code $1. I may just be a creepy guy in a random alley inside your head, but I know what I'm talking about. That's DailyRoto.com, code $1. That's it, one. One dollar, one month, and start winning. Hey, yo, Bono's this, Bono's that, Bono's fantasy sports probably as well. It is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Quick plug, uh, I got my new podcast, Stats Over Beats, going, guys, where we do my fantasy uh, kind of insights, but we do it over hip-hop instrumentals. And the last episode was all a Tribe Call Quest. We got the manimal, Chris Bavona, hitting us up with a little Tribe Call Quest as well. Uh, right there, coming back on Roto Experts in the morning. Hey, Scott, we were talking, you know, it's the beginning of the week, and we want to also, we talked about some of the two-start pitchers earlier on uh, in our episode today, but there's some other guys that we could pick, you know, maybe hitters we could go streaming. I'm, again, looking at this article out of Brandon Williams. He he likes a couple of hitters that may be under-owned, that are doing well, whether it's a guy like Trey Mancini, Matt Olson we talked about in Oakland, a couple of others, my guy Ryan Healy that I mentioned a few weeks ago, staying hot for Seattle. Um, where are some guys you might want to go to pick up on the wire this week, Scott? Well, I think the waiver wire is done already for, you know, most teams at this yeah. point. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. One guy that we didn't talk about uh, who went for $87 in Tout Wars last night, it looks like Sir Anthony Dominguez could be the new closer for the Philadelphia Phillies. This is a guy mm. that came out of the system as a starter, but then uh, retired 20 of 21 batters. The first 20 of 21 batters that he faced this year and then got the save yesterday. He went for $87 in Tow Wars yesterday. Mm. He only hey, went Jake, for seven I, in labor. Well, I was yeah. going to say, any guys you like? I was thinking about a guy like Yomar Sanchez because also the thing is he's playing in or in Baltimore, right? So, Jake, as a rule of thumb, when you're looking at guys, maybe just for like a short stretch, you know you got a guy on the DL, let's say, and it's going to be just a short period of time. Do you think more about that player's recent form or kind of some of the matchups they may have going up soon? Like I talk about Sanchez, who's got, you know, a great series coming up at Camden Yards. What kind of things do you prioritize when thinking about a streamer or a waiver wire guy like this? It's kind of always a different situation. With Sanchez, we don't have a huge history, so he could be somebody that's starting to fill his potential. So that's somebody that, hey, you know what, I'll take a flyer because maybe he's a real deal for the entire season. Where it comes to, like, earlier in the season with Jed Lowry, and granted, Jed Lowry's still hitting to a degree, but not where he was before, and he might even fall off more from that. But actually, you know what the better example is, like a Matt Adams. I always say if you, mm. if you wait a week or two weeks into these people's hot streaks and then you go to pick them up, you're likely not getting it. You maybe you get maybe you get it for another week or two, but more often than not, you catch the tail end, and then you get all the normal or poor stats of what that player normally is. Now Matt Adams has a career behind him. Jed Lowry has a career behind him. Sanchez doesn't have a huge career, so that's where I think it's always going to depend on what the player is you're looking at. Like Daniel Deskalsko, which went in a lot of leagues this week. 
I'm not worried about picking him up because unless I'm desperate for middle infield help, he's going to be Daniel Descalso. He's always going to be that guy. So I think that's really where you have to look at it. Is it somebody who could potentially be breaking out and potentially be valuable for the rest of the season? Or is it somebody who's just in the middle of the hot streak because I'm not going to chase the hot streaks? Yeah, and Fair a lot enough. of people Scott, did, guys? did pick up did pick up JD Davis. You know, he might he might get I the did. chance to play some buck. some. Not see, I'm saying you got him for a buck. You know, that's that's a guy that uh, you know really hasn't got a chance to play yet. But some of them, when these rookies they come up, you know, they start raking right away. And then you got Jared Dyson, who who has not gotten hot yet. The average just got over 300, right? And Dyson is a guy who uh, is going to play a lot of center field now with A.J. Pollock out with the injury. He's going to start in center field. He gives you speed. He had a three-hit game yesterday, so Dyson is about to pick it up. And I got to tell you, you know, I was talking to Dyson Friday. He is one of the best clubhouse guys in all of Major League Baseball. He's he's a funny guy, keeps the locker room lively, but there's also a reason that team. That's another reason why he keeps getting signed. But fantasy teams want him as well for the speed. And Dyson, if you can live with the low on, lower on-base percentage, is going to give you steals. And once in a while, he might pop a home run. Yeah, so Dyson could be a guy to keep an eye out on as well, especially, listen, the stolen base category. Um, you know, if you need some speed, this is a guy that can definitely deliver. And, uh, you know, anything else on top of that, as Scott mentions, is gravy. All right, with about 10 minutes left here in Roto Experts in the morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you know what time it is, guys. Call me now. It is time for Miss Cleo. And, Jake, I got to give you props, okay, Jake, because you single-handedly prevented us from having to have the shame of in our very first week having a fan and a listener, J-Rod, actually beat all three of us, right? J-Rod had a good week, hit with a Stratton win, Machado going yard, Betts going yard in that series last week, Orioles and Red Sox. But you were the winner last week, Jake, basically riding my namesake, J.D. Martinez, to the lead. <laughs> I, uh, I got banged up. I had Sean Newcomb on Friday, and he got pushed back to Saturday. So unfortunately, I know you guys are not going to give me credit for that, but I just wanted to make a note of it just in case so that I could cry over spilt milk a little bit later on. Jake goes out to a bigger lead with his uh, Leicester win on Friday. Jake's got 11 points. Scott and I are tied at seven. I defer to the king. Scott, let's start with you. Who do you like today offensively? Offensively, Jason Vargas is back on the hill for the New York Mets, and that's not a good thing. So JT Real Muto has been ripping it up since he came <laughs> off the field. <laughs> ah, there DL. you go, Jake. I'm going, I'm going with JT Real Muto to go yard. Uh, Jake, who are you going with offensively today? Hey, Dane, why don't you uh, <laughs> tell Scott who's already in the spreadsheet underneath my uh, yeah, picture? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, did, yeah. I didn't it look. It looks like Jake look. is already also going. But at the same time, guys, listen, we've already covered this. I think one day uh, Jake and I both had Garrett Cole. I think we're saying this is acceptable. So, Scott, you like yeah, but JT you took, Real Muto. See, but you took well, we did it differently. For, we did quality yeah, start you took versus the win. quality start. Right. So, ah, we need a ruling you know on what? this one. Uh, no, fine. I'll I'll switch. Ooh, first, Jake, the benevolent all-in kid. Go ahead. Who are you moving to, Jake? Uh, uh, I mean, part probably of the J.D. Martinez. At... Yeah, you want to go to no. J.D. Martinez, yeah. Jake? <laughs> yeah. Lisa, yeah, I should just ride him every single day for the rest of the <laughs> right. year. And all, I know, right? I'd win. Could I get um, half a point if I say a Yankee <laughs> will hit one out every day? No. All right. 
I can switch so, since he was. No, no, no. Go, go, ahead, go, go ahead, Jake. Go ahead, Jake. Where are you going, Jake? Okay. I'll just go with the uh, somebody who hits even for a lesser average, but has as much pop. I'll go for Joey Gallo for him to get a home run instead. Interesting, Jake. I was talking about his facing my guy Masahiro Tanaka tonight, yeah, and I was a little bit worried that he would strike out four times on the fork ball. Well, but see, that's that the thing. Okay. Is he could go 0 for 4 with <laughs> – actually, he could go 0 for 5 with five strikeouts, or he could go yard twice. It's just that's what Joey Gallo is. This is absolutely true. I'm going to go on over to St. Louis. I am going to take Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham – quietly is, you know, kind of a second-tier candidate for NL MVP. The guy is hitting 312. I like that, you know, I like that he's at the top of the order, okay? So I'm going to get more plate appearances than most. I like he's up against Kansas City at home. Give me Tommy Pham, but I'm going to be conservative. I'm saying he's only going to get a hit today, so give me Tommy Pham. Um, Pitching-wise, pitching-wise, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Walker Bueller. I'm going to go Walker Bueller. To me, the biggest thing is, does he, does he last long enough? You know, does he last, last long time. enough is the question, right? And he did, in fact, for you, Jake. So I'm going to take this. No, the other didn't. thing is, well, I think he will this time. And okay. here's the thing, Jake, because also you, met, you missed it at the top of the show. The, the Dodgers swept the Nationals. I like Justin Turner being back in this lineup. I think things may be starting to come around for the Dodgers. And I think if uh, Bueller, you know, if he goes five, I think he's going to get the win today. So give me Walker Bueller on the hill. Where are you going, uh, Scott? I have a hint for you. It should not be no, Gio wait, Gonzalez. Wait, wait, wait. I thought I thought we go back and then forward. Oh, okay, but, fine. But it doesn't whatever. matter. We can pick no, the same sir. guys anyway. Go ahead, Jake. We are we mistaken or not? Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, Jake. Snick. Thank you, Scott. See, Scott. Go ahead, Jake. Same page. It's a snake draft. It's, a, it's all good. Uh, so I'm going with uh, so the Nationals. Speaking of which, are playing at the Padres team, which is uh, pretty terrible on the road, and it's Robbie Erlin who it's Robbie Erlin. I'm going with Gio Gonzalez to get the win, and I think it's a great opportunity out there for him. I was debating. I'll, I'll let Scott go because I don't want to steal potentially for his pick. I was debating him or another one. I'm gonna see if Scott takes the other one. Let's see, Scott. Is this? Are you gonna steal Jake's? Uh, you know, Plan B right now. Where are you going, Scott? I'm going with the Lizard King. I'm going with uh, Miles Mikolas of the... Uh, he is. You are, Scott. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Of uh, the Cardinals, the uh, Royals have a 3.5 uh, implied run total tonight, as noted by Daily Roto. Do you know that why they call him the Lizard King, Dane? I do not know, Scott. Why? Because he actually ate, ate a live lizard in the bullpen in 2011. Oh, did it give him good luck? Did it give the team good luck? I guess so, because he's in the majors now. Fair enough. Uh, Scott, real quick, are you going for the win or the quality start? The win. There you go. Putting it all out on the line. We'll probably hear from J-Rod as well. But uh, now we move along because up next here. Maybe on... even the mailman, yeah. Yeah, you never know. Anyone could play. Remember, hit us up on Twitter. You can always call us during the show as well. But up next here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is our guy, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson. He joins the crew over there at Carton and Friends. You can hear them starting at 9 a.m. every day. And the fantasy executive spends a couple minutes with us today. Hey, Corey, how you doing? How was your weekend? Big What's man? the deal? How's everybody doing? Happy Monday to the three of you gentlemen. The weekend was good. Getting ready to rock and roll. Another week of fantastic sports talk right here on Carton and Friends. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Corey, I wanted to ask you something. We kind of had a sure. little debate back and forth today. It started when we were talking about who was the most impressive rookie in baseball, and then the question came up, should Shawnee Otani even kind of be under consideration? And we talked about how this was in play in the NBA as well with Ben Simmons, right? I personally am of the take that he should not 
be eligible, that Donovan Mitchell should be the guy. Because, listen, Ben Simmons had a year of practicing and traveling and all that stuff. Where do you stand on this, whether it's a guy like Simmons who misses for injury, some of the players who come over from Japan and baseball? Should these guys be considered rookies and then thus eligible for Rookie of the Year awards? Yeah, I think Ben Simmons should be ineligible. He got paid last year. So if you got paid, you're not a rookie. That was his first year in the NBA. So in my estimation, this is Ben Simmons' second season. As far as Otani goes, I think he should be looked at as a rookie. Coming over from Japan, playing his first year in the majors, I think he should be a rookie, but not Ben Simmons. That's how I would look at it. Fair enough. And then, uh, conversation you gentlemen were having this morning. Yeah, okay, fair. You know, that's that's what we were talking about. The other thing I want to ask you, Corey, they say – in best of seven series, that a series doesn't truly get started until the home team loses a game. That being said, Corey, do you think the Eastern Conference Finals get officially started tonight? No, the Eastern Conference Finals will not get officially started tonight. I think LeBron James and the Cavs, they go ahead and get game four. They set up for Wednesday night, which should be an epic game five at TD Bank. So still rolling with the King. I think they get it done. Listen, those the Boston Southerns have not been good on the road in the playoffs so far this year because role players' games do not travel. Isn't that correct, Scotty? Yeah, we kind of saw that last night too, Corey, with the Houston Rockets. I was thinking about what you said. You know, they just didn't get anything from the role players. And then Steph Curry, you know, this is a team that dominates just in the third quarter, and they did their thing. And Steph Curry was just a tremendous third quarter. It's not only the role players not traveling for the Rockets, though, but their interior defense is very, very sorry. It's They allow so much penetration to the basket. Look at Scotty breaking down interior defenses. Scotty is a three-sport, four-sport athlete. What Somebody do you think, block Craig? a shot, will we? Eastern Conference Finals, what do you think? Uh, is the King going to continue to reign at home and tie this up at two, Jake? Nah, I don't care. Talk okay. To me the don't talk, Solid don't analysis I, I, out of the all-in kid. I've told you from day one. Talk to me when it's for the finals, when it's the Cavaliers versus whoever. Oh, I don't know if it's going to be the Cavaliers. We shall see this week. I do not week. enjoy Warriors Rockets. <laughs> we shall see this week. Hey, uh, Corey, you got some good stuff going on on Carton and Friends. I'm going to be out tomorrow, so it's going to be the King Scott Angle and Jake Seeley. Uh, they're going to have Ian Brown of the Bo Sox uh, talking a little Red Sox action as well. Keep it locked for Carton and Friends here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This has been Roto Experts in the Morning. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.